0: Well, we are at the five-minute mark, so we will go ahead and get started. Thank you guys so much for joining the Infodemic Clapback, Advancing Equity in Our Community, Ask Me Anything event today. My name is Kristen Hobbs, and I am the Senior Project Manager of Quality Improvement and Equity at the National Minority Quality Forum's Center for Sustainable Healthcare Quality and Equity. That's NMQFSHC for short. Um, it's truly a pleasure to be here with you today. You'll be joining me and Falasha Zwind as we moderate this esteemed panel. So before we get started, I just want to introduce the idea of what an infodemic clapback really is. So due to the pervasiveness of misinformation and disinformation with regards to the COVID-19 pandemic, we've all heard, you know, some of our favorite celebrities and artists, musical artists, talk about others' experiences with the vaccine. Um, The vaccine will give me the microchip. The government's trying to follow me around. Will the COVID-19 vaccine um, give me the disease, sterility, all of that jazz? It's really necessary to counter these efforts with factual, science-based, evidence-driven information. Um, And to clap back really is to respond quickly and sharply to criticism. Um, It's really like a quick-witted read of sorts, if you will, and so during this Ask Me Anything, we will clap back at the myths and misconceptions present in our culture to move the culture forward and close the gaps in COVID-19 health outcomes and vaccinations. Hopefully, that will carry over into other Disney states as well. So just a little housekeeping. Um, All attendees are participating from several platforms today. So we have Zoom and Twitter. We will do our best to provide an engaging experience no matter what platform you're on. So if you are in the Zoom, we ask that you please place all of your questions in the Q&A box to streamline the Q&A portion for our moderators. Um, and we will welcome respectful conversation in the chat box on Zoom and via Twitter. And so now I would love to introduce Alasha Um, She is a public health consultant and content creator, uh, her own consultant firm, Public Health Goals. And she also works with the IRIS Collaborative as a public health consultant. She has consulted for multiple sectors and is here with us today to help moderate our panel, Alasha.
1: Thank you so much, Kristen. And what she hasn't said is I've known this Shiro and public health expert, Kristen, for many years now um, through her amazing work over time uh, for our community. So I'm so happy to be joined by this esteemed panel. I want to give short introductions. I could go on and on about who we have with us today, but it's pretty much the clapback crew that we need to counteract this infodemic. Um, so, what we'll be doing today is an Ask Me Anything. Um, an Ask Me Anything approach is that we really want the community to come out and ask us anything. That's why we're also streaming this on Twitter right now. And so, I uh, empower everyone to go ahead to NMQF's Twitter and reshare um, and you can also follow all of our panelists today. So we have Dr. Daniel uh, Fagbayu aka Dr. Dan. Um, I've seen his stuff all over. You probably have also seen him on CNN and some other like major outlets. Um, I, I read his bio and I was like what doesn't he do? And it almost sounds like um what are those superhero action films where the person's a doctor and a war veteran. Well, he really is a veteran that has served the country. Um, He's also been on the front lines working in National Biodefense Science Board and working um, as a major uh, under General David Petraeus um, as part of the Obama administration and has so much to bring to this conversation from that um, viewpoint. So thank you so much, Dr. Dan, for being here with us today. We have Dr. Stephen Combs and we're just uh, I, I love Dr. Thomas's work. Anyone from Maryland and around the nation who has really taken a keen look at um, public health, you're very familiar with his work in community health and um, giving our community where we need to be. I know Victoria was already talking to me hours ago before we prepared for this about reaching people where they are and how we get in those communities and who we do it with, right? Um, it's all about that representation and uh, what they say all Kim. Folk, uh, ain't friend folk. How it go? Kristen, you're from Texas. You know better than me. What is it? <laughs> all
0: kin folk ain't skin folk, but these are our yeah. skin folk here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it's the other way around. Uh, all skin folk ain't kin folk. So it's like you got to know who your people are. <laughs> and Dr. Thomas is about the community, about bringing it to us in a way that um, is innovative, uh, research based because a lot of times we're walked out of those conversations without that research arm um, and really in a way that's making a difference. So I really look forward to hearing about these innovative approaches to community health and getting us uh, that level of research as well to make that impact. And then we have also Nurse Victoria. Baptiste, who I also have the pleasure of working with um, for a, a very, it feels like a long time, but very closely over the last couple of weeks as she did her Hilo 100 world tour, literally just getting off of a jet from Geneva, <laughs> where she got to speak at the World Health Organization as they honored her great grandmother, Henrietta Lacks, and all the work that the family is doing um, under recognition and to bring access to the world, not just to um, the United States or to our communities that we identify as, but to the entire black diaspora, to brown people around the world and what that looks like when it comes to access and innovation. So that is my quick rundown of this amazing panel. Thank you all so much again, for giving your time, effort and insight, really, because we're about to ask a whole lot of questions. I'm sure people are already submitting. We have some already pre-submitted, and I know it's 5 p.m., 6 p.m. some places. Um, so I appreciate everyone for joining us as well and taking the time to um, hear why this is so important and the role you can take in this clapback, if you will. So I wanted to turn some questions over to the panel just to get us started and to learn a little bit more about what I didn't cover in your bio that you may want to share and if you could tell us perhaps your favorite social media platform to use maybe that'll help people know where they can follow you so i will start with uh dr dan if you would like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what's your favorite platform to use to get the word out
2: sure um, can you hear me excellent um yeah my name is dr dan i'm an emergency physician by trade i mean you covered it well Um, I'm a health communicator. I'm a military war veteran and a former Obama administration, biodefense and public health appointee, among other things. Um, Check my bio and uh, you can find me on Twitter, Um, on IG and on LinkedIn, uh, uh, go to docdan, D-O-C-D-A-N, MD, and um, you can follow some of my work there and see my thoughts and of thoughts. I don't always agree with everyone or society, uh, but they usually um, are on point, hopefully, um, or at least add some value for you. Um, and that's uh, being very truth and transparent as I can be. So thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much. Let's keep it going. Dr. Thomas, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your favorite platform? You did tell us. You're on Twitter, so I don't know if that's your favorite
3: platform. Well, you know, first of all, what an honor to be here tonight. And I need some followers, so I'm on all the platforms, but I don't have anybody following me. So if you're out there, please look up at UMD Health Equity. And one of the things I do every morning as I'm going through the newspapers, let let me tell you how old I am. I'm so old, I actually read a newspaper. I actually have a paper I turn and it delivered to my house. As I'm reading it, I'm pulling out stories that I then post in my social media feed. Um, But none of them have gone viral yet. I'm trying to figure out how, how can stupid stuff go viral and the good stuff that can save your life is looking for followers. So I'm trying to find the best platform and let me tell you something just real quick. This is the silver lining of COVID. This, that we are here in this zoom space, don't run from this. Now my community organizations, because everybody was thrown into the deep end of the pool at the same time, they're comfortable coming in here now. And in my barbershops and beauty salons, I have this, up. this is a metaphor for authentic conversations. This is a metaphor for the sacred spaces in our communities that we must preserve. I got my barbers in the zoom talking to Anthony Fauci. Okay. Talking to all the, that's not happened before. This is our game changer. We need to keep it going and not let the, Oh, we're back to so-called normal. Put us back in our corners. It's time to unleash this technology in the interest of saving black lives. So I like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and trying to keep up with all that ain't easy. <laughs> exactly. And then Dr. Do- then I met Dr. Yeah. Dan. I'm seeing him here for the first time, but I first met his voice on Clubhouse. And here we are on Clubhouse, just hearing voices, and Dr. Dan comes on and they call me Dr. T. and that's how I know this brother. And then Kristen brings us together. In Zoom, amazing! <laughs> I can't wait to get Doctor Dan. I can't wait to get Doctor Dan here in Maryland. Come to the barbershops. I've already told him, no self-respecting black barber would ever say, "I get you out in fifteen minutes." And Doctor Dan, it don't matter how much hair you have.
1: You're, <laughs> you're,
3: you're going to be hanging out. You're going to be hanging out, getting caught up. And as we're going, we're going to be talking about Gila. We're going to be talking about the legacy of Henrietta Lacks. We're going to talk about the U.S. Public Health Service syphilis study done at Tuskegee putting that in context. They kept those men from being treated. Now we need to do everything to make sure our people are treated. So this is a wonderful time in the midst of a pandemic. It's a time for transformation. I couldn't have
1: said it better. I am I'm here for it. Victoria, were you ready? You ready? I'm
4: to ready. About yourself, please. Um, he's a tough act to follow. Um, I'm Victoria Baptiste. I am um, the great granddaughter of Henrietta Lacks. I am also um, a nephrology nurse. I'm a charge nurse at a dialysis unit. Um, I also am an advocate and advisor at halo 100org which is one of the ways that um, one of my favorite platform, so to speak, for the internet, along with Celebrate Up on Twitter. And I like Twitter best, uh, since we're asking which one we like best, only because they seem to be the most stable most recently. Everybody else is crashing, Facebook, uh, Instagram, WhatsApp, everybody else is crashing, and Twitter is standing strong. So uh, um, right now, they're my, my top tier, um, even though I am... Still trying to stay with the the young kids on all these different platforms, the TikToks and all that. I have an 18 and 21 year old, so they're trying to keep me with the times, so to speak. But it's a lot going on in those platforms. So I'll stick with uh, Twitter right now and heal 100org and try to, you know, I'll, I'll follow you, Dr. Thomas. So you're gonna get a new follower today out of me because I like the message that you're sending. And I definitely want to keep a prize of what you're doing out there.
3: <laughs> Thank you so much. And what a legacy your family has left for us. Amazing.
4: Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Felasha for those wonderful introductions. I love the fact that everyone is all over social media because we have to be concerted in our efforts to combat this infodemic and really clap back at it. So before we get started with all of our questions, I want to reiterate to those of you who have joined, this is an ask me anything. So please, please be thinking about all the questions you wanna ask the panelists, Dr. Thomas, Victoria, Dr. Dan, Velasha, and I will be reading them. We have some pre-submitted questions and this is all about combating misinformation and disinformation. We are encouraging all the panelists to be as honest as possible. Um, so this is a safe space. So uh, Falasha, if you don't mind, I'll start first. Um, So first pre-submitted question, how do I get my peers to listen to my advice on getting the vaccine when I'm not a scientist or a medical professional or a public health professional? Dr. Thomas, you want to take that one? Or you want to start?
3: Well, you you know, that's one of the things that comes up in the barbershop and our barbers are not microbiologists and people come in, you know, early on with uh, concerns about, will that mRNA vaccine change my DNA? And those are technical questions. And, um, and so one of the things that we've done is number one, put our barbers and stylists through formal training. We call it rapid response training for COVID mitigation so that they know their lane. Their lane is the trust that they give when people sit in that chair. And, and then we um, brought in journalists to help them use their phones to literally start doing man and woman in the chair interviews. So rather than giving answers, we asked questions just like we're doing here tonight. Ask me anything. And so we had them sit in the chair and the journalists helped them use their cameras. And we got the whole series of man and woman in the chair uh, 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 comments on flu vaccine, on COVID, and as crazy as the question might be, we take it and we treat them with dignity and respect. Then we do Zoom town halls with the Dr. Fauci's of the world and Dr. Osterholmes and our black uh, scientists like Dr. Dan and say, listen to what we heard in the barbershop. Now respond. And we do it in a Zoom town hall like this. That's recorded and then it can be reposted in social media so that Pookie's Facebook posts about chips is right there with Dr. Dan's reply to the chip question from the barber chair. <laughs> so I think that uh, the barbers have taught us, because these are their clients. They've been their clients for years. And one barber says to me, he says, here's my, I, I say to them, if taking the vaccine is plan A. That's what the world's trying to do. And you don't want to take the vaccine. What's your plan B? And he says, at that point, they go silent. They don't have an answer, but he looks in their eye and he knows he's planted a seed. Two weeks go by, Jimmy comes back, uh, Mike, where, where can I get a test? Mike, where can I get vaccinated? You just plant the seeds because you nobody wants to be called stupid. Nobody wants to think their idea is ignorant. And yes, we have been abused. There's a legitimate reason people are distrustful and I don't think we should disarm them, but we should provide them with the information they need and believe at the end of the day, when people have the information they need and the knowledge they need, they will naturally gravitate towards saving their own lives. But they need to know that we're in the crosshairs of this pandemic, 700,000 people dead, a disproportionate number of them look like us.
4: Um, and just to piggyback onto that, um, as a friend, we already know what our, where our responsibilities lie because you're asking your responsibility as a friend trying to get that information to, to your peers. We already know how, how that those conversations go with our friends. You're going to give them the information that they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Just like when they call you about relationship advice, you know you're going to tell them all the things they need to hear. But you know that at the end of the day, they're still going to do what they want to do with that information. So we're going to do the same thing with the COVID-19 information. You're going to give your peer or your friend the information that you know that they need to hear. You're giving them the tools. You're giving them the information. You can also tell them what your your, your sources were that you got this information from. Right. Once you give them that information, you give them the tools, then you got to release them to do whatever they like with it. But unburden yourself with that responsibility because you've already did what you were supposed to do. You gave them the information, you gave them the tools, and now it's up to them to take that next step of ownership to wanting to be a partner in their own care. Dr. Dan, were you going to add to that?
2: Yeah, I think um, both perspectives well said. Um, I think it's important, one, I always say this. It is important to know your why. So, or your why not, actually. So when you understand that, you can be your authentic self and explain, just as was said, your resources, where you got the information from and all those things. You don't have to know everything. But I think you being your authentic self, show up for your family, show up for your friend, your relative. And I like the unburden yourself comment that you made. Just share your information, but share it in an authentic way. This is where I got the information. This is what my concern is. This is why I took it. Did you take it because you were worried about your grandparents that had a weakened immune system or because they were elderly, or because you live with somebody who has a situation that would put them at extreme risk, or just because you wanna play your role in being part of that legacy in society whatever your reason is you know your why and be authentic this is why i took it for all these reasons and whatever and you've considered xyz and i think that's fair enough and let people make their own decision if you have sources of information share it with them uh just make sure it's accurate and where you got it from we don't want to spread misinformation right or disinformation I'm done.
1: Such a good point, Dr. Dan. It actually took us to the next pre-submitted question and it almost answered it. So Dr. Thomas, you said two really important things that I always get on about, which is one, why is my content not going viral when other stuff does? And I always say nothing goes viral by mistake. False information, you know, the gossip, the lowdown, all of that travels 70% faster. It's seven times more likely to be shared. So anything that automatically resonates with you and you're like, I knew it all along, it's probably not true. (laughs) If it gives you a visceral reaction, it very well might not be true. And then you said misinformation and disinformation, right? So when we're thinking of that, I always tell people, all of us have been victims of fake news misinformation disinformation and my favorite example are those breakup videos like it's like I broke up with my boyfriend or it went wrong like the clickbait ones where you click it and then the story goes crazy or it's like this Facebook does these whole productions now and they get millions of views but they it's it's not real they're all actors or out of work actors and people bored and but you it still gets a lot of watches but it's because stuff does not go viral by mistake these are people who know what they're doing they have optimized content they're putting it out in a way that they know it's going to get viewership so those were my two like big flags we're talking about this and it brings me to the question that was submitted um what happens when you find yourself in this echo chamber of misinformation and disinformation and you can no longer figure out what is true, right? Because as you said, you referenced the mRNA thing. Like those things sound really scientific and factual. Um, And I've heard people explain it and it's like, okay, that, I mean, maybe there's a world that exists. I mean, we're currently living in a world where, you know, Henrietta Lacks' story exists and Tuskegee has happened. So where do we find ourselves when these echo chambers exist that we, how do we break these chains? Do you have any tips on how to then find these trusted resources and not be in um, these these smaller subsets of social media and what's happening in our spaces? Dr. Thomas, you're already unmuted, so I'll throw it to you if you are already
3: handy. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you're absolutely right. And this is part of the game changer. There's always been an anti-vaccine contingent out there. And talking with the experts who've worked in this space for 30, 40 years, they've never seen this kind of activation. You know why? They got money. And they've never seen them have control or or we'll say synergy with an entire television broadcast network that every day is telling our people not to be vaccinated. Even though those commentators on you know what FOX channel I'm talking about By They have to be vaccinated to go into the studio. So the hypocrisy of it, that we would have elected officials pass laws that say you can't put a mask on, that is different. And so I think that in the barbershops and beauty salons is where um, social norms are shaped, where we come in and say whatever we want to say. And and we need to go ahead and hear that and then recognize that sometimes, Dr. Dan, people just want to fuss. So I had one of the stylists say, I had my client arguing with me that my about mRNA is it's going to change my DNA and all this stuff. And when we finally had the vaccine clinic at the salon, we said, when this woman showed up, because she came for the party, uh, when we put our clinics in the salon, you're not coming to a hospital, damn. <laughs> you're coming to a party. You got the barbecue going. We got the music spinning. And we said... Oh, the doctors are inside. You can now ask them your question about mRNA vaccines. You know what the person said? I don't want to ask them. I want to ask you. And that's when you realize it's just about fussing. Some people just want to fuss. And you just let them fuss. And again, don't take the bait. You can't go down the rabbit hole trying to explain, will I be magnetized? You just tell them that. There have been over 140,000 children orphaned from COVID because they've had a parent who's died or a grandparent caregiver who's died. And the majority of those orphans look like you and me. Tell them that, tell them that. And maybe at some point you don't want it to get to this point that their motivation becomes because somebody they know a loved one died, and now finally they want to get vaccinated. You should hear what they say when they end up in the hospital. And Dan may know this, because these hospital um, professionals have gone from hero to villain overnight. These unvaccinated folks showing up with COVID, and now they want to fight, Dr. Dan. When they get in the hospital, they want to demand uh, horse medicine, and they want to fight the health professionals. There's something fundamentally wrong that we need to let our people know this is our chance to take charge of our own health. And I got Victoria Black folks saying, well, I'm going to eat better and I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get my immune system up. I said, I've been talking to you about that, Jimmy, for the past three years. You ain't done none of that. (laughs) But if I'm going to meet him where he is, now I give him that health promotion disease. Now I give him his, his, uh, his tracker, you know, his pedometer. Now I give him his uh, Black Barber's Cookbook. I made that up, but hey, that's a good idea. Black Barbers Who Cook. (laughs) So now I think we can help them get on the right track. It's not about vitamins and homeopathy. We don't have to argue about that. But throughout the history of humanity, it has been vaccines that has saved the world. Vaccines are a savior in terms of a medical intervention it prevents something from happening to you a lot of the other things are treatments after you have the disease the, the fact that we can definitely. we can prevent cancer we can prevent cervical cancer dr dan right we got ladies here absolutely there. absolutely but, but the hpv vaccine the uptake is not where okay. it should be we got work to do
4: we and now we have the definitely. attention
3: we have the attention of our community mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, we, I, I agree. We absolutely have tons of work to do. And cervical cancer is just one of those things that my family is fighting to try to eradicate. Because See? like you said, the HPV vaccine is out there. It's been out there for quite some time. It's been out there long enough for you to have your why and why not moments about it and to ask your healthcare professionals about it. Um, both my son and my daughter have had the privilege to be vaccinated. I say it's a privilege because there are communities, there are countries, there are other places out there that wish that they had access to these vaccinations. And they don't even have the option to say yes or no. To be able to say yes or no to a medical treatment is a privilege that we take, that we don't take seriously enough over here because we've always had had that advantage. Um, but in respect with COVID-19, um, a lot of the information to to know that you're getting the right information. I mean, we do have you know departments of health, and you know you can go onto their websites. You can go to any hospital's website right now, and they have a whole section on just COVID-19 um, myths and truths about the disease because they've already been asked all these quest- different questions by the community. Um, so there are other resources out there. Your healthcare professionals that you've been seeing, hopefully following up with for years that you build built a rel- relationship and repertoire with. Ask them those type of questions. That's what they're there for. Um, even if it's not the doctor themselves, if you want to ask your nurse or your, you know, one of the techs, you can ask any healthcare provider. And if they don't have the information for you, the next response will be, I will get it for you, you know, so don't feel like you can't ask these questions to the medical professionals in your life um, that you see, even if you're just going in there because you are just getting your regular HP, your regular health and physical um, treat, um, checkup, you can still ask those type of relevant questions about your care. I mean, sometimes I think we get so wrapped up in in the spiciness of the social media talks about um, the conspiracy theories of why you should not get vaccinated that we forget that we have been getting vaccinated for many things for many years. A lot of time, how many how many of you have been vaccinated so you can go to school in the state of Maryland? There is a list of <laughs> vaccinations you must have for your child to be able to come into these buildings that's right, right. and like dr thomas was saying earlier uh, you know we've been made vaccines have been saving lives for a long time <laughs> flu let's talk about the flu the most widely one that is mandatory already right flu vaccine has been mandatory for many years but the flu vac- the flu itself was Once a epidemic, pandemic that was wiping people out by the millions as well. That vaccination cut those numbers significantly. Right now we can (laughs) we got a little flu, we can get Tamil flu and all kinds of other things to help treat those things because we've done the research. We've already seen the pros and the cons of this. And we've already established that the pros really outweigh the
3: cons. (laughs) You got that right.
4: We're trying to promote saving your lives by prevention. And vaccination is just one of those ways, you know. So right now it's the most relevant because we're in a pandemic. One that we can be, the numbers should be so significantly lower than they are at this point in time. We should have way more people vaccinated. Um, And people are saying, some of the excuses I hear is because, oh, I have pre-existing illnesses. Well, that would make you more of a candidate, you should be on <laughs> right. the top of the list because you cannot afford That's to right. get COVID nineteen sick because your body is not strong enough to fight it, and it might not just be the virus itself. You might, if you already have, like I have patients, dialysis patients. Your kidneys already, you're all they already don't work right. So one of your body's natural filtration systems have already failed you. So now you're already dependent on a machine to, you know, filtrate all those toxins and extra fluid out of your body every day. You don't see how you're already at a disadvantage that if COVID-19 came knocking at your body, how you would be able to um, fight off that disease process. We're not saying that the vaccination is 100% fall-proof. We would never make a blanket, blanket statement like that because it's simply not true. But what we're saying is give yourself a fighting chance. To get over COVID-19 if you were able, to, or if you were to contract it. I got COVID-19 and I was fully vaccinated. Right? That's me being totally transparent. I'm transparent like this with my patients. But I will tell you that I felt like I had a sinus infection. That was it. I did not have all of the cold sweats and sh- chills, the body aches, the um low oxygen saturations that a lot Intubation. of patients get from. Mm. It gave my body a fighting chance, Mm -hmm. you know, to get through the disease and I didn't have to be hospitalized and I didn't ever feel like I was in a situation that EMT was going to need to be on the way. Mm -hmm. But if you don't even give your immune system that fighting chance, that building block to build off of to help fight against the disease, then what are we even talking about? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm glad you said, what are we even talking
0: about? Because I I say that all the time to people, (laughs) what are you even talking about? And that leads us into our next question. How do you set, so Dr. Thomas, you touched on something about really meeting people where they are and trying not to go down the rabbit hole with them, but it can get exhausting, especially for community members to continue to answer these questions. So how do you set healthy boundaries with folks that just want to fuss? who aren't vaccinated, but they just want to fuss about all the conspiracy theories every time they see you. I want to uh, ask this question of Dr. Dan first, and uh, then we'll go to you, Dr. Thomas.
2: Sure. Yeah, so thank you for that question. Um, yeah, this is uh, that rabbit hole beast and the debate. So let me let me just try and summarize it this way and I'll try to be short so, so we can get more questions for our, our audience. So, We can continue our engagement in in education and enrichment. Um, It's important to understand that with anything, any type of trauma, so we've all been through a psychological trauma, psychological trauma, and um, health related trauma as it relates to the US government, as it relates to the medical system, literally in terms of um, distress and seeds that have been sown, maltreatment is what I would say. Um, That way, so that the burden is not actually on black and brown folks um, and Native Americans and others. Uh, The onus is on the U.S. government and the healthcare system to own that. Um, And once that is owned, then we can start to deconstruct some of these assumptions and also these myths and psychological trauma. What does trauma do? So certain trauma triggers a fight or flight response. It gets into our brain, a specific portion of our brain, the amygdala as it's called, I'm doing a quick little thing because I think it's important for us to know how these whole conspiracy theories work and how these seeds are sown because once it messes with your amygdala, which is a part where you fire, fight or flight, it's like, okay, this is why we like toxicity. This is why we like drama shows, housewives or whatever, and no shade to them, but the point is where there's drama, people go in there, toxic rooms and in any of your social media anything that's basically you see somebody fighting on the street hey everybody's kind of glued to it you see an accident crash all those things attract us right so in that attraction then if we see something that's eliciting a certain type of visceral response meaning your body's reacting to it or your brain and you're thinking about it you kind of get involved with it but that amygdala that part of the brain once it's messed with to that point it can cause an inaction or an inappropriate reaction because it has to go to what we call your prefrontal cortex here where you have to plan and prepare to respond how do you respond to that so the vaccine elicits that kind of emotional reaction so those who are anti-vaxxers or even those who just sow the seed of disinformation or misinformation basically play on that so they use the story of the scheme. they use other stories of what the U.S. government has done to us And they use these stories of how the medical system has failed us and basically press on that button and then give you some little sprinkles of truth mixed with a whole bunch of lies, like a pasta spaghetti. Think of that. And then the little cheese that they sprinkle on top is literally the truth. This is what happens. And then they give you that and serve it to you on a platter and you eat it. Um, And the more you eat it, the more you get fed. Those are the algorithms on those social media platforms you keep looking for it oh so you like this we got something else for you that you're really going to like so they feed you all that stuff and you keep um imbibing in that and you you eat that you you put it in and that's what you share so it's what you put into your body is what you get out in a sense and that's where it is so how do we actually address those certain times there's some battles you're not going to win and once you know that rabbit hole that they're coming for a fight as dr thomas mentioned that's not the. That's not my audience. I'm working with the people who are trying to make a decision and provide them with accurate, timely information as evidence-based, as I know, and given my story. Let them share their story. And if it resonates with them, they've spoken with their doctor, so be it. There's some people you will not be able to save. And once you understand that, you won't fall into the, why aren't they listening to me? Or why aren't you? But you do try, and we have to also give each other grace. I'm done.
0: Dr. Thomas, did you have anything to add? Well,
3: um, set the table for the question.
0: So there are often instances where not only, you know, community members, but often public health professionals or even medical professionals in our personal lives really have to continue answering the same questions and we're constantly being well you know the vaccine is still going to give you a microchip even though we just talked about this last week right (laughs) and I already debunked that theory or um, you know even even in instances where you may not be in science or public health but you believe in vaccination and you want um, the people around you especially your family and friends to be vaccinated how do you not become so fatigued that you just dismiss their conversation or you, um, shame them or, you know, you ju- you pass judgment. How do you not become so exhausted with the con- constant beratement of the spe- conspiracy theories? Yeah. Well,
3: I, I think that there will be, uh, it's going to take courage, uh, to, to kind of be consistent and not snap back and, and not, and again, I'm, I point to these polls behind me because they're dealing with their clients. Sometimes the people sitting in those chairs have been sitting in those chairs for 20 years. Okay. So there's a relationship. And when you have a relationship, you try to maintain it if you can. And so I've learned from them. One of our stylists says she lost clients when she decided that she was going to have a vaccine clinic in her beauty salon. And she said, fine. I have the barbers and stylists who also used to believe Dan, Dr. Dan, they used to believe in those conspiracy theories themselves. So part of it is them telling their journey how did you go from vaccine hesitancy to vaccine confidence? And when they tell that story, they make it like, oh, it's okay. I I haven't sold out my people uh, by getting vaccinated. In fact, it's just the opposite. Um, The ad council has now done uh, special commercials about reframing Tuskegee because the survivors, the the grandchildren and the children, uh, just like Victoria, the relatives of those men, They got vaccinated, and they're saying, don't use the suffering of our loved ones as your excuse. These are highly produced uh, TV commercials. I don't know if any of you have seen them. You may have to be up at 2 a.m. in the morning, but we should be using those on the public domain and using our social media, Victoria, Dr. Dan, and pushing those things out. Don't rely on, somebody else to push those out. Let's push those out. Did you know that there are hip-hop videos about why we need to take the vaccine? That touches on everything we've talked about here. The history. Mm -hmm. Run DMC. Okay. Mm -hmm. How many of you have seen those? There's like six of them. Okay. I didn't see all the hands go up, but even if some hands went up, how many of you have pushed those out? Yeah, I saw a couple. Okay. How many of you have pushed those out on your social media? So just like our friend said, there are people who know how to optimize, who know how to amplify. We got to get better, we got to get smart. So, I, I learned from my uh, um, uh, uh, barbers and stylists as, as, as they simply listen and then create spaces like this mm-hmm. for those questions, and then peer support comes in. You're going to have the watch for waiters, a lot of the watch for waiters have gotten fascinated, then you're going to have the the folks who are um, uh, they have distrust of the healthcare system for right. all the reasons that Victoria knows and then right. you, you, you got the folks who are the who are the cost conscious yeah. even though we say it's free you got to take time off and then you have the covid skeptics i'm with dr dan we may not get the covid skeptics but we can get those other folk. right so part of it is not shaming not blaming and And just like Victoria said, she had it. She got over it. She got vaccinated. Dr. Dan, we got people who are afraid to say they're vaccinated for fear that their peer group's going to say, oh, you sold out. We had a woman who got vaccinated and literally said, I'm not going to tell my family. They don't want me to get vaccinated. She said, but I'm going to save myself. We need to tell those stories. Right. We need a podcast podcast ongoing to tell our story this is the opportunity for new entrepreneurial activities dr dan let's come together and make this happen
2: we call that council culture council culture so that's why people are somewhat hesitant and they don't want to be putting their information out there but yeah we we got to get over the council culture and we got to save our people by giving our stories go ahead victoria sorry about that
4: oh no no problem and you know what i am not um afraid of being unpopular for, for good reason. Um so I'm totally transparent, you know, with that. And that's part of what our family is doing with Gila Unite. Um, is we're trying to get more information, you know, out there, the good information about, you know, COVID-19 and why it's important to get vaccinated. Just like the Tuskegee survivors family members, they say don't use our family member as a reason to not get that's exactly the same type of narrative we're trying to restate for our family. Don't use us as a reason not to get vaccinated because we've been vaccinated. You know, and we've been transparent about it. We've had talks about it on our platforms. I was privileged enough to vaccinate not just my mother, which was a feat all in itself because she has a needle phobia. I vaccinated my mother. I got to vaccinate a couple of my cousins. Um, You know, my pop-pop, who is Henrietta's eldest you know surviving child he got vaccinated first and my 86 year old pop pop led the way for the rest of the family to get vaccinated you know so we're we're doing the same thing with our family with the healer unite in reference to COVID-19 don't use our tragedy as a reason for you to create a tragedy within your own family mm-hmm. something that you could have prepared. We couldn't prevent what happened to my great-grandmother. Yes. But you can prevent your family member or your loved one having medical issues, um, from not just from, from COVID-19, from having it, but the aftermath. Because there can be there are some lasting effects of COVID-19 Long-hauler. that people are not discussing right now. Yep. Um, and, you know, people uh, think that they can get, you know, I, I saw a question about monoclonal um, antibodies. Like, they'll get that instead of getting the vaccination. Well, newsflash: There is a whole thing that you have to be um, accounted for before you can get those mon- monoclonal um, antibodies. I got the, the treatment. I got that infusion when I was diagnosed with COVID nineteen. You have to first. For me, this is what they, the doctor said to me, because um, I don't want to spread misinformation. The physician that I saw is the. It was the criteria was I had to be already fully vaccinated. To, be, to meet the criteria for that infusion therapy. Um, I had to also be within five days of the onset of my COVID-19 symptoms because after the fifth day, it's like, okay, it's already doing what it's gonna do. The monoclonal antibodies are not going to help you, okay? So that is a misconception. So if people are thinking they're gonna do that therapy versus getting vaccinated, that's, that's not where you wanna be, okay? So if we could just prevent you from having to do those type of therapies and introducing other um interventions that aren't aren't necessary and you're taking a space that somebody that actually needs those treatments, that, that's what we want you to do. So get the information <laughs> that is needed. I mean, if you don't trust the people that you're getting your COVID-19 vaccination information from, you can there are things like EBSCO hosts and other peer-reviewed articles out there that you can. You know, get access to yourself and make that make that decision. But I want you to make that decision off of not some gaslighting um, type of, uh, of things that you saw on the internet, versus you making it an educated decision because you've gotten the information and you said, for me, this is just not right for me at this time. But That's not right. because somebody told you that it was going to be some type of you know microchip placing if they want if the government wanted to track you they already would be doing it I promise you the cell phones already exactly that's
1: already I love it I, the cell phones it. I always said how many of us ate like free lunch did you ever get a free handout I, ooh,
0: anything free they already food? know I the
1: little um snacks in the grocery store here's a free chop. like we just willy nilly grab that stuff you Now everyone's an expert I love it and you already asked, answered the last question, <laughs> so I'll put it to the rest of the panel, but it brought me to a really good point. When you talk about the experts in this space and sharing factual information, our initial research before Healy Unite showed an 86% negative sentiment. So online and offline, like Washington Post, New York Times, all the places mm-hmm. that were running these early pieces telling our own community that this is why you don't want to do it. 86% right. of these um, articles were negative when mentioning COVID-19 in conjunction with Henrietta Lacks. So we were already surrounded by this information and it wasn't necessarily misinformation or disinformation as we now know it, but if you're told this is why you're scared so many times, this was even before the vaccine was fully available, you're gonna be like, well, maybe that's why I should be scared. So it does do that, what you were saying, Dr. Dan, Mm -hmm. to your brain of this reinforcement of your behavior. Um, So our last question, as Victoria already answered it, and I know we still have questions coming in, so I'm going to try to get it out there. We can do AMAs all day. I promise you, they're always so fun. Um, So I I love this question because I think it mixes that part about being too smart for your own good. Like we know so much now um, and people know about the monoclonal antibody treatment. So um, Elena, thank you so much for your um, question. She asked, um, some people in the community have approached me and stated, I will get the monoclonal antibody treatment. I will not get the vaccine. Can you offer information on this?
3: So so Dan's the doctor here, the medical doctor who can write prescriptions and, and actually give injections. And I got a nurse here who can do that, too. I'm in public health. So let me just say this, and then I'm going to turn it to the clinical people. So this person is saying, I'm going to get the disease And then I'm going to let me, I'm going to let them say, I want to get cancer and then let them give me the chemo and all the, they got great cancer treatments, but you don't want to get it if you can help it. So that's almost the same kind of thing. It won't protect you from long hauler. And you better let those men know this has an impact on cardiovascular systems. There are people who have developed type two diabetes flu doesn't do that. COVID is a different animal and yes, erectile dysfunction brothers. You don't want to get this. Monoclonal antibodies ain't going to bring it back. (laughs) We need to start telling the truth of the suffering that people go through. You don't want to get it. And monoclonal antibody is not universally available. It's an infusion. you scared of needles. You're going to be sitting there with a needle in your arm and a bag dripping. So we need to show them what it looks like and that the best strategy is to prevent it. That's why we take Vaccines.
2: Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. I think it's a it's a challenging question, so I'll try and summarize. Um, it's a challenging question because one, people will argue that you're fear mongering and you're scaring them, but you gotta give them the facts. The fact is, you all what uh, Dr. Thompson said, uh, um, what Dr. Thompson, Thomas said. But I think th- there's another piece to that with regards to the monoclonal antibody. Um, yes, accessibility, but even if that's the case. Um, that may help you and some will argue that's the cheat code, right, to COVID. Um, but really, the really cheat code is the vaccine, ideally, in addition to wearing masks and trying not to get the infection in the first place. I think that's really the cheat code. The cost is also something that as we start to get, not that you have to worry, it's coming out your pocket necessarily, but when we become stewards of the community for our people and for the community, we start to look at that, a $21 shot, that would prevent you from going to this process hopefully and nothing is 100% safe I think it's important even the Motrin the Tylenols, whatever you take all have risk but the question is what's that risk benefit ratio what's really going to put you out of my emergency department where I'm not putting the tube down your throat and out of the ICU that's really the take-home message so yes you can get an infusion But if you meet those criteria, one. Two, you have to find the right area. There are locators. You can go on hhs.gov. I want people to know they have options. But I think they need to know those consequences also of you just getting that. That's not the bulletproof. Nothing is bulletproof safe, but they are better odds by getting the vaccine. And I think that's important for people to know. But they should know they have other options. There's some people who vaccine might just not be their thing. And this is where that grace comes in where we say, okay, we hear you. Just make sure you're getting the right, accurate information. And I wanted to correct one thing also, or at least point it out. Not every doctor is a doctor. I had a a topic on this. People got all sensitive and everything. But the point is that just because you get your resources from a doctor who's a nutritionist and says, take this plant. That's not going to protect you from COVID. Plants are good. Herbs are good. Take it all. Take all the stuff so you can build your immune response. But the only thing that's going to really prevent you, at least from that bad outcome that we've seen so far, is the vaccine. Take all the fruits, take all that stuff. That's all good stuff. I do it myself. Um, But in addition, I got the vaccine also. So (laughs) I think that's an important message that people need to know.
3: You know, Victoria, the monoclonal antibodies come from where? Donations. Somebody's donating that plaza. Yep. Yep, they are. But, I, but I'm not getting paid for the plasma I'm donating. You with right. me? I'm doing that right. in the public good. But right. at some point, there's going to be a charge on that plasma. So now we're in the same dynamic as your, as your, as your relative. Yep. And now, and now I'm remembering how I know you. I
4: know you. But it's different. what is different from my relative because when you donate, you were asked. Right. She wasn't asked, that she didn't donate. It was you're taken. right. You're so the, right. the procurement is big difference, but I get where you're going with it, okay? Right. <laughs> definitely get where you're going. And just to piggyback on what Dr. Sand said about accessibility, I had to drive an hour from where I lived to be able to get that. I met the criteria. That was the yep. first step. But yep. then I had to drive an hour to the nearest hospital that actually offered it. Yep. So that's already a barrier to care for most people to get even basic follow-up treatment is transportation. That's one of the biggest things you hear patients talk about is transportation. So do you have transportation to get you potentially an hour or two hours away to try to get an infusion that you possibly wouldn't have needed in the first place if you had just gotten (laughs) vaccinated? You know, like, we have to think about all of the extra... Minute little working parts that has to go along with that. It. It's easy for us to say, "Oh yeah, that exists, and I can get it," mm. so I won't have to do that until the time comes when you're in the you're already in crises. Yeah, right. You're already in the crises, so you're trying to think about survival, and now you got to figure out how I'm going to get to the survival when you could have just went five minutes to the CVS or small brains or whatever at the corner and got your vaccination. <laughs> Like, let's just put it in perspective. I'm not trying to shame you or bully you. I'm just giving you different perspectives to work off of while you're making these educated decisions as to putting you and your family members at risk for a life-threatening virus.
2: She said, make it make sense.
4: Make it make sense. That's right. I need them to make it make sense. I'm trying. I don't want to blow the whistle
1: on y'all. but we're hitting that hour mark. Dr. Thomas, I know you're you ready with the answer. <laughs> I Listen told y'all to we could do this all day. Yeah. So ahead, Dr. Thomas. We'll say
3: this as a take home. I'm heading right from here to, a, to the White House Zoom call that we have with barbers and stylists all over the United States. I want Kristen, I want all of our folks here in Hollywood Squares on one of our Thursdays to come to the White House Zoom and okay. talk to these barbers and stylists and let them know we can save ourselves. We've got the expertise to save our own lives. Let's do it.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you all for bringing such strong perspectives because it's it's like the for us, by us. Our own community has the, the tools, the resources, and we have the wherewithal. And we need everyone to really share their platform. Make sure we're sharing factual information. If we don't know, we know somebody that might know. We can refer them, connect a friend, tell a friend share it, and it's all about that. I want to share with you one resource that we're um, supporting is the COVID forecast. You can go to www.thecovidforecast.org and help with this infodemic clapback. Um, By going there, you can see how COVID-19 is is impacting different communities. You can look by uh, vaccine percentages, you can check vaccine um, hesitancy even, by MSA, by state, by county, by zip code, it's really great resource and easy to share, so those links are in the in the thing here what is this the chat um and you can also join us tomorrow at 1 p.m eastern standard time for our twitter chat twitter chats are really important in amplifying messages because it's so hard to get it out but if we all say hey meet me at on twitter at 1pm so we can do this together it's like showing up to the party together you're never alone you have someone to amen while you say it and support your comments like we did tonight so thank you everyone for joining us on twitter for joining us here We got to the hour, but I'm going to turn it over to you, Kristen. Thank you so much for um, co-moderating with me and having me here with this amazing panel. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. I don't have anything else to add there. Just please join us tomorrow for the Twitter chat and y'all have a fantastic, fantastic evening. Thank you.